everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And Happy New Year to everyone. We're on episode 379. This is an update episode. That's right. An update episode. And this is our first full episode since we've started this new year, 2024. We did have that uh, Monday mini, which we released as a podcast as well as on our YouTube. Uh, But if you are just listener of the podcast and you don't normally get our Monday minis, make sure to go over to YouTube, subscribe over there, because every Monday we release a, you know, anywhere from 10 minutes all the way up to 20 minute episodes. Uh, That's extra content that you're normally not getting on the podcast. So we just wanted to give you a little bit of a, a taste for that on the first Uh, But here we are, uh, our first update episode of the year. Uh, And this is kind of an interesting update episode for me because um, being that we are coming off of the holiday season, it's like right now, like the start of the new year, really haven't done tons of new stuff with reselling because it's kind of been, uh, you know, between Christmas and between uh, New Year's and all of that. It's kind of been my holiday. It's my break from school um, as a teacher. So I had the two weeks off. And I don't know about you, Orlando. I mean, I think you're a little different uh, from me on that. I, I've I, I've tried, though, multiple times to say as a full-time teacher, like, yeah, when I get a break, when I get a week off, that's when I'm going to go hard on reselling. Huh. But man, when you get that time off um, from your normal nine to five job, it's hard to just say like, okay, now I'm going to go back to basically nine to fiving my, my reselling. Uh, you you kind of just want to take a full break. But then afterwards, you kind of regret it. So Um, I didn't do a lot of sourcing, which maybe isn't a bad thing uh, because I have a lot of death piles to get through. And to be honest, I I don't know if you've noticed Orlando, but I feel like in our our discord uh, recently, people have kind of been like really after and attacking like the death piles, like trying to get those death piles down start of the, the new year. They're thinking if we can get these death piles down, I've seen people say things like death to the death pile and uh you know killing the death piles and i think those things are great and i kind of feel like that that might be the theme for 2024 at least for the start here is just getting through the inventory you've already purchased uh because if you're going to get decent money on it it's probably going to happen now if if we have to keep lowering prices in the foreseeable future for the next this next year i'd rather sell things earlier than having to wait until the end of the year when you know, the money's worth even less. So you might as well get those death piles listed now. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with uh, my reselling. I've, I've definitely sold quite a few things over this Christmas break, which has been nice. A lot of things that have sold have been, you know, things that are probably Christmas presents or things that people want for themselves. And they got a little bit extra money from Christmas. Uh, things like shirts and sweaters and, and just those types of random things. Um, shoes, a phone, like random things like that have been selling. Uh, and nice thing is, with that, uh, like the Monday holidays, you get a little bit of extra time for shipping, right? Because if it sells on a on a weekend and if your next business day, man, you could have stuff sell on a Saturday and not have to ship it out until Tuesday. You know, so that, that definitely helps a little bit, giving you a little bit of extra time. Enjoy the weekend. And if you do get it out early, which obviously you can't if it's going post office, but even just printing out the label early, uh, I think is that good customer service where they're like, man, they're already shipping this thing out. And it's, you know, still the weekend. It doesn't have to go out until Tuesday. So 
it's been a good um, end of 2023. We talked about that quite a bit in our like how to finish strong. And I think I did uh, pretty well with that, you know, just still getting some things sold and then kind of now repositioning myself to do better uh, in 2024. <coughs> uh, Orlando, you were talking about not coughing uh, on the podcast and here I am yeah, coughing. I am, so, I am sorry about super that. ill. You may not be able to tell, but I am not doing so hot these days. But see, that's that's how much we care about we this podcast is we're putting it out no matter how sick we may be uh, now. I do want to say this though. So it's interesting because my wife and I have, have lived below our means for years now. Um, if you've been following the podcast for any length of time, you've been with us through the experience of moving into the fifth wheel, uh, the experience of the fifth wheel living and reselling. And then finally selling the fifth wheel, uh, moving in with my in-laws and a, and like a rental place until we could move out and finally move to Texas. And that has kind of been um, allowed us to save up enough money through reselling and through working and all the other side hustles that we do uh, allowed us to do this move to buy a house, which is something I honestly thought would never happen for me. Um, I don't think it would have happened in California. Uh, and now I'm at <laughs> so a place brutal. where I'm, 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 I'm thankful uh, that I'm here, but we've lived below our means for so long and we've always had like a buffer. I mean, especially as we've like building our savings account. Uh, so that we could buy a house. You've got all that money sitting in a savings account. So it's a little bit easier to not worry about things. It's a little bit easier to kind of, you know, spend a little bit more here and there. It's not the end of the world because you got that savings account. Well, after buying the house, obviously savings account has dropped down significantly. And we're at a point where, you know, we followed um, early on in our marriage, a lot of the stuff from Dave Ramsey. We've talked about that on our podcast. When we've done our book reviews. We've talked about finance stuff. And so we've always had uh, enough of a savings account to handle pretty much any normal emergency that could happen. There's some things that you just can't handle, but um, so that's that, that that having that that flexibility and that freedom is definitely something that gives you peace of mind. Um, but over the like, literally just this week, in the last couple of days, we've been hit with my son has some medical bills that have come up, and then my car had like catastrophic failure, head gasket has gone out. They're wanting us to replace the whole engine on it. Uh, we can't get anybody to do the work other than replacing an engine. And so we're looking at like, you know, seven, eight thousand dollars there, plus my son's medical bills. And just to see that, like what was like a buffer, we had some some room, some wiggle room there. Now it's like we're living on a much thinner margin and within just the course of days. And it's just a reminder that you never know, right? Like you never know anything could happen. You can think you've got a safety net. We all experienced that during the a black swan incident of 2020 where, you know, people could feel safe and confident that their job is going to last forever. And then next thing you know, the whole industry is like down the toilet and you may be out of a job. And so it's just a reminder that something like reselling, even though we've been able to use it as like uh, extra money when we need it, we can kind of ramp it up as needed and kind of tone it down if we're, we feel like we're working too much on it. Um, it's, it's important to to never get too comfortable, I feel like. And in some ways, I'm actually kind of blessed and and thankful for um, all of these like expenses coming up because I feel like it's kind of uh, it woke me up a little bit to the fact that, um, you know, if you if you think you want something like I want to you know save up more money, I want to be able to do these things to my house. I want to eventually move out to this other area here that we're at, you know, now that I know the area a little bit better, all of those things. The question is, like, really, how bad do you want it? And I think now I'm at a place where I realize like 
I mean, I don't want to sound extreme, but like I, I would do almost anything other to, to prevent myself from failing. Does that make sense? Like I'm, no, I, get I can't it. fail. I can't fail. I, and so it's like, yeah. it pushes, it puts that little bit of fire underneath you. And in some ways it's like, man, this, this motivation actually feels good. And without, you know, these big expenses coming my way, I could have just been coasting, coasting, and maybe never had the the motivation I needed to level up and get to a next place. And I think now with this motivation, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be more disciplined with listing. I'm going to be more disciplined with sourcing. I'm going to ramp up my, my reselling because now it's more of a do or die. It's not just a, Hey, this is nice. It's nice extra income. Um, I'm at a place now where it's like, well, let's put all these years of experience and knowledge that I have in reselling and uh, let's capitalize on it. Let's put it to work. Uh, I've been I've been putting in this investment in knowledge and time for the last, you know, five years. Let's uh, let's capitalize because it's it's time. No, I, I agree. I agree with you on the whole. You end up in this place where you have no options, right? Your options either to make it or to make it. And and reselling sometimes is like that. Sometimes you end up you know, things are really good. And yeah, I, I'm in the same place as you were when, when you had mentioned 2020, where I think a lot of us were, where we thought it was going to be the end. And so we, we ended up putting in the work and actually it worked out <laughs> It ended up being far better, uh, for, I would say every reseller at that time, as long as, you know, you're selling items that sold, but I don't think there was many that were failing, uh, unless, you know, you're trying to sell stuff that no one wanted, but that was very hard to do in 2020. Now, I'm in the same boat as you are. We're entering 2024. I've had a lot of things come up. It's a it's an interesting time. It is it is an interesting time. And and um you know, you you mentioned, you know, being up against a wall and then you have the choice, right? You have the choice of fight, you have the choice of flight. You can actually freeze and do nothing and just, you know, just let things happen. And uh trying to stay upbeat on this podcast because it is 2024. I think there's going to be many opportunities. I will be honest with everyone. I don't know what those opportunities are. I, I do get a sense that there will be, again, opportunities to buy a lot, which we've already had. Uh, the problem is, are we going to be able to move those items that we want to buy a lot of, right? Um, I think of uh, one of my friends recently. Uh, he owns a, a rental company. He like rent. He loans out equipment for people. And he just bought out another one uh, in, in San Diego. And that's where we're at right now. Some people are going to be able to, you know, motive, motivate themselves and keep pushing. And they're going to go, you know what? I'm going to try to expand and I think I can make it happen. Others are going to like, ah, I can't do this anymore. And right now in the reselling space, I don't know if you guys have been aware, but uh, there's been a, a lot of people just falling off. And, and it's, it's not a bad thing. I think, you know, safety is a good thing at, there's a lot, a lot of people I think about right now that were full-time sellers that have gone to now nine to five and they part-time sell. There's others that uh, were big even on YouTube as resellers, and they put in the towel and they said, "You know what? I just I don't want to do this anymore." And and I kind of feel a little bit of that, you know. And, and not saying that Pierce's podcast is going anywhere, but you know things were interesting. Um, you know, thinking about Q4, you had mentioned there is an uptick in sales. There was an uptick in sales, uh, but it was like normal. It wasn't like this huge, like, let's let's go get the Lambo kind of Q4. It was, okay, this is what it was like, you know, a year ago or two years ago. It wasn't it wasn't huge. And and the interesting is when, when I make comments like that on social media, I get people all the time will say, well, we're just going back to, uh, you know, the levels before everything went down. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You got, I don't think people understand. Like from 2013, when I started reselling, I think it was 2013, something like that. 
Uh, and then I started going full time in 2018. So about 2019 or a little bit into 2020, things were good. They really were. When we started the podcast, things were good. I mean, we had the podcast running for a good two years before, you know, the the crazy events of 2020 went down. And uh, even without the stimulus checks, even without all that, like reselling was good. So I do think we're in uncharted territories right now. I think a lot of people have that were reselling and had developed a YouTube channel or you or developed a reselling and became very successful in 2020. Now in 2023, they don't know that things can get better, but they also don't know if things will get better. And we don't know, right? We don't know. Uh, and and not to get too much into the macroeconomics, but you know, in the 70s when there was stagflation, that that was years, right? That the economic recovery was slow. Even after 2008, uh, the recovery after 2008 was very slow, right? We didn't see anything up to, until 2016, 2017. Uh, all the way into 2020 and now we're back in that place and how long is it going to take for us to recover as resellers and so you know i encourage everyone as mike is saying uh, to keep going stay motivated i know it's tough uh you know I, i'm looking at my notes right here and the last part i had about the update was here that i feel a little burnt out uh and that is true i do i feel like i put in a ton of hustle uh during q4 and the results were not matching the hustle that i had or as the kids would say, it wasn't matching the same energy. And so I, I put in a lot of work. I, I listed a ton. I sourced a ton. And the results were, they were good. They weren't great. They weren't outstanding. They weren't fantastic. I am grateful for the sales that I had. Uh, and so I'm hoping that January will be better. I know a lot of resellers do really well. I've done really well in January. I think last year, my best month was February, March. And that was because I went crazy. I had like a 50% off sale that I never had done before. And a bunch of items that people I think were waiting to buy for a long time. Uh, you know, people were like, all right, now's the opportunity. Now we're going to buy. So, you know, that's just how things have been. Uh, sales have been consistent. They haven't been great, but they've just been consistent. I think part of why I feel a little bit burnt out is I've just been sourcing my death piles. And part of that has been, you know, I don't go to thrift stores around here. Uh Local deals, you know, everybody's on was on like on a holiday, so people aren't really posting a lot, at least in our area, at least in San Diego. And I know a lot of you are like Orlando, you guys have like three thousand listings per category. We have maybe like thirty. And I get that. I get that. I did miss out on a deal. I there was a huge like train set that I could have bought for like a hundred bucks that was worth over like it was like one to two K. You know, you gotta love it when you get a message back and it's like, Oh, it just sold yesterday. And it was, and I, and I remember the ad was there for 17 days. I didn't catch it till the day I messaged. And I'm like, man, why was I 24 hours short? Like if I had just gone on, you know, the, on Craigslist, like two days before I would have caught it, oh, but that's okay. There's always opportunities. Uh, you know, it's always fun when I go through, I don't know, I don't know if fun's the right word, but it's always a rediscovery when I go through these death piles of the items I have. Um, I have a haul of, an individual I had mentioned before that La Jolla Hall where this person was deep into uh, the arts and, and, you know, had a lot of just artistic stuff from over the years. And I, I was going through some of it and, you know, I was like, wow, I, I found a brooch here that's worth 70 bucks. I found, you know, uh, charms. I've never sold charms before, like charm bracelets, but those could go for good money. And so I started selling some of those items. And so, you know, I'm just learning as I'm going through this pile. I, I will say 
part of the reason I'm burnt out is I just haven't gone sourcing. I want to say I haven't gone sourcing. It's getting close to a month. It's getting close to a month. Because I remember second week of December, uh, in that time, something came up and I couldn't go. So, oh, it was raining. That's right. It was raining. Then the third week, uh, you know, it was right before the Christmas season. There weren't that many garage sales. And then it was, you know, Christmas landed on a, on a Monday. So no one was out there. And again, we had New Year's on a Monday. And so no one was really doing garage sales on the Saturday before. It was like, it, let me give you perspective. In San Diego, you know, when I go, let's say on Craigslist looking for garage sales, when I look it up, usually there's about three to 400 in San Diego. When I go and look it up and there's only 34, that's pretty bad. And, and of those 34, usually it's people with repeat, repeat ads. So there's probably like 10 of those that are no good. So then there's another... 20 something and that's all of san diego right so i'm not gonna drive out you know two hours unless it's really something good so you know i i will say i have mentioned this before i know it's counterintuitive but if you do feel burnt out like you've you know you've been really grinding you've been listening you've been going through your death piles but you haven't sourced in a while sometimes it's good to just go out and source uh and you know you find that treasure you list it you sell it and you're like okay this is what i enjoy this is the part i enjoy because uh, you can get really bogged down in this stage of, you know, this is you're working at a warehouse. I keep saying this and a lot of people disagree with me, <laughs> but I'm telling you, reselling for me, if it becomes warehouse work, I'm out. Like I, I did not get into reselling to do warehouse work. I got into reselling because I enjoyed the dopamine hits. I enjoyed the fines. I enjoyed the big ticket sales. You know, that's what got me into reselling, uh, finding, you know, 20 uh, thingamabobs that I could sell for, you know, $20 profit each, but I have no interest. I don't care about them. I'm out. So maybe that's the difference. That's what's going to maybe be the difference, whether Orlando stays a reseller towards the end of 2024 or whether I don't stay a reseller. But uh, yeah, you know, things have been good. I mean, I've had sales. It's interesting. This is the first Q4 that I really didn't have any home runs. I didn't have any $500 sales, no $1,000 sales. I didn't have, I don't think I had maybe one thousand uh, dollar day which in q4s before that that was i remember one q4 and obviously with amazon that was easy but you know it was like every day um but you know this it was just it was good it was good so and we're just trying to keep it real i i, I do think this year could be good uh i just want to let people know and give people not that you need my permission to get it out but i feel like there's so much pressure that if you go back to work or you go back to the nine to five that you've kind of failed. And I don't think you failed. You got to do what you got to do to take care of your family. So looking into 2024, there will be buying opportunities. Reselling will get a little bit more intense, but it's definitely doable. And I have a story I want to share in our reseller news, which tells me that there's a whole nother side that things are really moving for people. So, all right. Hey, before we move on, uh, I want to talk about one of our sponsors, uh, my reseller. Well, they're not a sponsor, but they're one of our affiliate links, uh, My Reseller Genie, good friends of the podcast. And they actually have a giveaway. They have a giveaway. They're giving away. Let me let me look this up right now. This is hot off the press. Like literally during the podcast, this came through. Um, and so what's happening is they're giving a free month giveaway every month from now through April. So in January, February, uh, March, and April, one month free. Uh, if you use our affiliate link uh, below for My Reseller Genie, you get... Uh, 15% off the first month by using our code Pure Hustle All in caps. Okay, now the way to enter this, I didn't discuss this with Mike, but I, Mike, let us know. Are you okay with 
as long as you comment, I think we had it before. You had to comment like what you enjoyed about the podcast, blah, blah. How about this time we make it a little more interesting? Let us know what was your best sale of Q4. Like the thing you really enjoyed selling. It doesn't have to be high ticket. It could be something that was in your death pile for a long time. It could be like Mike where, you know, Mike's always like, man, I'm so glad I got rid of that. Maybe it's one of those satisfying feelings. Let us, let us. So you need to subscribe first to the YouTube. Subscribe first to YouTube. Uh, and we will check. So subscribe to the YouTube, like this episode, and let us know what was your favorite sale at Q4. Uh, at the end of January, we're gonna do the random, you know, selector, and uh, we'll pick a we'll pick a winner, and you'll have one free month of my reseller genie. Uh, I do think this has to be the first time people that haven't signed up for my reseller genie, so you have to be a first timer. Um, but uh, you know what? Even if you're not a first timer join anyways and i'll clarify with my reseller genie no guarantees but i will ask for them so even if you're you know a listener of the show for years and you've been on my reseller genie for a while uh you know just join and if and if it doesn't work out then i'm, I'm sorry but you know it's better to do it now than man you're really selling this <laughs> <laughs> well, what no well i i you know I, I mean hey you know every corner you can cut every bottom line you can help out every anybody we can help out i want to help out so and my reseller genie, you know, they're one of our our greatest partners in in you know the reselling community as far as you know businesses that are out there helping resellers. So if you haven't yet, go to the link below, use our code Pure Hustle, get that fifteen percent off the first month. And uh, if you want to get that month free, make sure to put a comment below. Greatest find of Q four. Subscribe our channel and like this post. All right, you got random stories, Mike. Yeah, um, I don't know how how random, but I kind of teased on our last uh, episode that we did that I have potentially a new niche that I'm interested in, and we'll see how it goes. I don't. This this may be one of those things that's like throughout the course of the year or two, it ends up being relatively profitable, but then also uh, just a fun hobby. So one of my kind of I don't know if it's goal or uh, mottos or just anyways when I. I've spent over my lifetime way too much money in hobbies. I've been in various hobbies and I've decided that as a reseller, the best way to do a hobby, if I want to get into something new is I need to be able to make the hobby pay for itself by reselling. So like I could buy, buy the items, flip the items and then like continue in the hobby and, and resell to pay for it and then potentially make some profit. And I think uh, I might've found a new one of those. So I mentioned a while back that kind of just learning the area, learning Texas. Um, so Barbecue and uh, smoking meats is is really popular, obviously in Texas. If you're a Texan, you you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and if you're not in Texas and you haven't had some Texas barbecue, you are missing out. Uh, but anyways, I have some friends that I've made here uh, at church and school that um, are really really into to smoking meats and and they're it's just something they're really good at. So I've kind of been learning from them and learning uh, like what types of equipment is good. And being the reseller that I am, um, I'm not going to be buying anything full price. I'm going to be on Craigslist. I'm going to be on Facebook Marketplace. I'm going to be doing those local deals, getting the good prices on things. Uh, and I was able to do that with uh, with a decent smoker that um, I was able to pick up for basically pennies on the dollar. Uh, it needs a little bit of work to just basically cosmetic stuff to make it look nice. Uh, but my, I've been smoking meat on it for the last two weeks. Like all my Christmas break, I've just been, I've been smoking every couple of days. It's been a lot of fun, ton of fun. Um, and my thought process is I, I probably put $50 into some cosmetic work on this thing and, and I'd be able to turn around and sell it for, you know, four or 500 bucks, which then again, I'm, I'm not going to do until I have another one lined up. But if I can keep doing little flips like this, 
um, I'm able to use this thing. It's perfectly usable. I'm able to smoke these meats, kind of learn how to do it. Uh, and then I'm going to be able to turn a profit on it and sell it once I find another one of these for a relatively decent price. Maybe do a little bit of, again, some basic cosmetic work or repair work, maintenance to make them nice, flip them. And to think like this year, I, I might be able to make a few thousand dollars in this new hobby that I'm in, right? Like that's a thing that I enjoy doing. It's been kind of fun. And I'm also going to be able to uh, make some money doing it. And it's one of those things where I'm not expecting that every single day that I go on to Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or go to a garage sale that I'm going to find a barbecue or smoking you know, equipment and stuff that is going to be profitable. This might be like a once a quarter or once every few months. It's like, oh, look, here's this thing. I can pick it up. It's a good price. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nab it. Um, and that's enough, right? Like if, if you have enough things that are like yeah. that, I make enough money on other niches that I'm in and reselling that if I can do that on this one, it pays for itself for the hobby. Plus I'm going to be making profit. Man, you do that for basically any hobby you can think of, like anything you want to get into, you can pretty much make money doing it reselling. Right? So, um, uh, this, it's just a random story in the sense of, um, if you're the kind of person who wants to get into a new hobby, whether it's gardening, whether it's RC cars, whether it's drones, whether it's uh, photography, whatever kind of thing you could think of getting into, you could probably make reselling pay for it. And not just by reselling shirts and then using that money for your hobby, but buy the things in the hobby, sell it for a profit, get more. Like once you know what you're getting and, and you could you could spot the good deal. So a random story in the sense of I've got a new hobby. Um, I don't think this officially makes me a Texan yet. Um, I don't know if I'll ever officially be be a Texan. I don't know when when people will start to accept me, but uh, but I think it's a move in the right direction. Plus, like I said, over the course of the year, I could probably make a couple thousand dollars doing this. Plus, it's a new hobby that's fun for me, and uh, and not only do I make money doing it, but uh, I get some good food at the same time. Well, it's interesting. You <laughs> good food, yeah, that is a bonus. It's interesting you say that. You know, I I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and. You know, a lot of people that do really well as entrepreneurs, they end up being the top in their field, whatever it may be, right? Whatever they're selling, whatever service they're providing. And uh, I, I think about somebody here in San Diego who they're always they're always picking up old washer and dryers all the time, all the time. And what they do is they take these washer and dryers and, you know, they, they know how to fix them. And so they just do a little tweak here, a little tweak there, and then they sell it. And actually their Craigslist ad, I can't. I'm not trying to advertise for them. I don't even know if it's up anymore. It was, it's been a long time, but I remember this individual because when I first moved into my property, oh man, it's been like two or three years. Yeah. Three years ago when I was looking for a new washer and dryer, I didn't want to buy brand new. And, uh, the other problem was that if you wanted to buy something brand new back in 2020, you had to wait like six to eight months for it to show up to your place. And I needed something now. And so I remember looking and there was this individual there that they just, all that's all they did. Like they would just they would just pick stuff up and they had pictures of like their their home or their backyard and they had like thirty or forty washer and dryers and they they were very out front with it like hey I pick up uh, ones that people have discarded I fix them up I tweak them they're like new to you I think he gave people like a thirty day warranty or something uh, which didn't cost them much because you know his cost of goods were cheap and he knew what I was doing and so yeah I mean barbecue man if you could if you can figure that out out there you know that that could be that could be a win. I mean, and that that's on a lot of things. If you have that expertise, uh, I, I saw somebody the other day on a on good old TikTok. I don't know if I would recommend this, but they had a car. They bought a car 
And I think they replaced the gasket, like you said, like you know, you're talking about your car. They did all this work on the car. I think they bought it for like two thousand, and then they know how to fix cars, so they tweaked the car. They did little tweaks, and they sold it for five k, and they made like twenty five hundred, uh, twenty five hundred something to that effect uh, around that time. I've seen other people uh, that they'll buy a used car, and they know about cars in the sense that they know that certain cars, like it's not a big issue when they buy it. And so they'll buy a car and all they do is vacuum it, clean it up real nice, make sure that whatever little issue the problem was, and they'll flip it and they'll make 500 to 1,000 on it. So they'll drop like, let's say 5,000 on the car and they'll sell it for 6,000 or 65, you know, 6,500 or 7,000. And they do this consistently. So yeah, if, if you know what you're doing in that sense, uh, you can definitely scale. So yeah. yeah. Or like uh, selling car parts. Like, I mean, I, I just think like, for instance, I bought, I bought my forerunner, um, for like 6,800 bucks. They're, they're quoting me, you know, close to $7,500 to put in a new or not a new engine. It's a, a used engine with 150,000 miles on it. And hopefully it's not messed up. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but to think that I know because I've replaced things in my car. Like if I have to, like my mirror, one of my, my, uh, not my mirror, my, uh, my son, like, visor in the front is like it's not staying up so i'm like okay how much does a sun visor cost my one on my passenger side fits like works perfectly but the driver's side doesn't work anymore well if you get one on ebay you're looking at like 80 90 bucks for a used sun visor that that fits my car right so i'm like man people who know what they're doing they could just buy a car like this because for me i'm at a point now where it's like if i can't fix my car yeah i'd gladly let it go for a couple thousand dollars or a thousand bucks because yeah somebody's either going to fix it or they can part off all those little things they know how much mirrors sell for you know how much different like radio parts sell for the steering wheel the seat and they can part those things out and they make a killing but again you just got to know what it is so it's like for a hobby like that it has to be something you're passionate about like i i could never get into cars like that even if because there's tons of money but it's just not my passion but if you can find something you're interested in like my brother loves pool right like he plays like pool like billiards and he's gotten into like he works at a comic book store now and so he's kind of been getting into the flipping game of like Mm -hmm. buying comic books and selling comic books but he's realized he could do the same thing with pool stuff because he plays pool all the time there's certain like like he can pick up certain cue sticks and certain like sets of things that like or gloves or various things that people have that are used he flips them and turns around because he knows that that field he's in it he goes to the bar every weekend and plays pool and so yeah it's like you can you can probably make decent amount of money flipping any any hobby that you're into because there's any hobby people are spending money on it and so yeah i mean if you're mechanically inclined like i know people who they're just i mean what there's probably not a politically correct term but like you know you call them like grease monkeys or whatever garage like you know the t- people who are always tinkering on things on their cars yeah, yeah. like that's my brother-in-law like people like that um they're they're always going to love tinkering on things so yeah it could be washing machines it could be cars it could be whatever they just want to tinker so if that's you and your 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 hobby then man you, you the door's wide open but even if it's not like even if you're like yeah i don't love that but i really love sewing i'm like into sewing like sewing's my thing well man you could probably make a killing flipping certain like whether it's sewing accessories or sewing machines or things you're sewing and and make the hobby pay for itself so yeah yeah this is the world we live in now you know, if, if you know what you're doing and you know about a certain field, you can make all kinds of money. I mean, I can go on story after story, but this is kind of the, the economy that we have right now. Uh, so my random story is, you know, we have a whole mini so that we dropped a couple of days ago dealing with uh, holiday returns. And I just want to share these people that were searching for a partial refund because 
you know, it's it's one of those things that. Wait, can I stop you for a second? Yes. There? That 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 uh, that'll be our upcoming Monday mini holiday returns. Really? You yeah, sure? dude, we're recording and dropping the same day. Oh, that's right. Oh my goodness. So we're, we're recording See, today. This is this is this right, is almost live. This is as close to live as you can get. Okay. When you listen to this podcast, it's it's fresh off the plate, like ten minutes. And and Mike was kind because I was sick, and so he waited until I was a little bit better. So, all right, man. Okay, so on Monday, I'll talk about how to deal with returns. But you know, I had this one scenario. You know, when you pack something really well, you know, you bubble wrap it, you put cardboard around it, you float the box, you do everything. But you know. I always worry when I pack things really well that I pack them too well and a person that doesn't take their time to unpack it will wreck something, right? And I've had it happen before. I've had people before, you know, they'll get clothing and they use a pair of scissors to open it and they like cut the shirt. It's like the worst because, you know, you'll get that message and they're like, oh, this had a cut. And I'm like, well, when I shipped it out, it didn't have a cut. I was that's strange. I wonder what happened. And people that have a conscience usually will go, I accidentally cut it. And then I, I usually say, well, I'm sorry. Not much I can do about it. You know, my, my apologies, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of had the same scenario. I packed this item really nice. It was a Christmas item. It was fragile. But, uh, you know, I bubble wrap cardboard, did everything. And it was packed really tight. I didn't want it to move. So I get this message and the message was, Hey, uh, just wanted to let you know this item arrived, but it was packed really tight, and so it broke. And I was like, "What? Packed really like that's what you're supposed to do?" So I, so I, you know, I I'll share I share this on the upcoming episode, but I just said, "Hey, I'm sorry. You know, things didn't work out. You know, you are uh, welcome to return it." But then I decided I kind of had to feel my way through this, and I was like, "Something, something's not right." Like I know I packed this really well, and I said. Hey, just wondering, did the item arrive damaged or did it get damaged while unpacking? And their response was, well, as we, we were unpacking, it, it was damaged. I'm like, what? Okay, that could go two ways. That could mean while we were unpacking, it got damaged, like we damaged it, or while we we're unpacking, it was damaged. Like, you know, we realized it was damaged. We noticed it was damaged. Yeah, yeah or something, whatever it is. So then they send me these pictures. And at this time, I'm like, I'm just going to play this out. Like, I could have just been like, just send it. But I'm like, there's no way. And so they're like, oh, this piece is broken and this piece is broken. And I and I just I I threw it out. I said, like, hey, listen, you're welcome to return it. Um, you know, I'm just wondering, are you saying that it was and I don't recommend everybody go into, you know, uh, this whole sleuthing, like trying to figure out what's going on. I just. I had a feeling like something was up and, you know, I said, Hey, is there, is there, a, is it possible that when you're removing things that maybe things got caught up and things got pulled and like, well, it arrived damaged. And I was like, okay, well, you're welcome to return it. Crickets. Never heard from them again. Nothing. And it was just like, and it was one of those where it was those annoying messages where, they they they're quick to message you right you respond right away and then you don't hear anything for a day so this went on for like five days so i always tell people and and we'll share this in the upcoming mini episode like just because somebody is fishing for a return doesn't mean they're gonna follow through on it uh, i had another lady i i bought they bought these uh great courses you know the remember those great courses where it's like these mm -hmm. cds yeah people listen to professors 
So bought a whole set. And, you know, even before I arrived, I get this message and the message said, hey, I already have these. I bought these again because I didn't. I, I bought these again because I thought I didn't. I thought I didn't buy them yet. I'm going to return these. Thank you. I was like, what? You wait, I'm trying. What? I, I don't understand. I, I, I just don't. You know, and, and what do you do, right? During those situations, you can get upset. You could, you know, be like, hey, you should, you know, trust me. There are the moments where I just want to say, you know, hey, maybe you should like think things through before you press that buy button, you know, but you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that because all that's going to do is cause you problems. And here, I, I just want to read the message because it's so odd because you automatically you think, hey, I'm going to get a return from this. And, it, you know, it's annoying because cost me $13 shipping and I have free shipping. They said, when this order arrived, I will be returning it. The reason is that someone had the set and presented it to me. I enjoy the great courses, but do not need two copies. I apologize for the inconvenience. Thank you for accepting the return and refunding the cost. I just shipped it. It didn't even arrive. No apology. You know, there. okay, there wasn't apologies, but to me, it wasn't contrite, okay? And all I responded was, okay, crickets. Never heard anything, never got the return. So I want to encourage you guys, you know, we you are going to get some random messages now. Uh, we'll talk about this on our Monday mini-sode of, about people looking for a return, hoping to return. But sometimes, you know, people just forget. Sometimes people don't want to. I, I There's an item I bought from Amazon back in July. And I was like, I'm going to return that. And it wasn't until December that I remembered to return it. And I couldn't return it anymore. You know, what makes me sad about it, too, is it was a gift for my son and uh, it broke and I couldn't return it because I waited too long to return it. So anyways, just don't fret. Don't 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 stress. Returns are coming, but maybe they won't be too bad. So those are my random stories. Nice. All right. Hey, be, be, before we move on, I want to say I appreciate all of you that continue to support us on Patreon. It's been really helpful to us. Especially during those times where, you know, we get caught up with with family life. We get caught up with, you know, even right now, like we're dealing with technical difficulties. So hoping that this drops today, uh, you know, and and sometimes that ends up, you know, taking a lot of our time. Right. Mike has to spend 30, 40 minutes finding out what the glitch is, what's going on with the site. And it takes us away from our business, and our family. So thank you to all of you that signed up for Patreon to help us out. If you want to help us out in this new year. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash Pierce podcast. And for five fifty five a month, you can help support the podcast uh, or you can go to the link below. That is a Patreon link. And with that, you get uh, opportunity to be in the Pure Hustle Discord. Uh, and I say this all the time and I'll keep saying it. I love it because it's not built on Mike and I. It's built on the community of resellers that are there. We, we have all kinds of resellers from retail arbitrage on eBay, retail arbitrage on Amazon. Uh, we have people that do Etsy. Uh, we have individuals that are very good at local deals. Uh, you know, Mike and I don't always answer the questions because they're already answered by the time we get back on the Discord. And so if you haven't yet, uh, check us out on Patreon uh, and sign up for five fifty five a month. And uh, oh, yeah. if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Podcast on all platforms, Pure Cast on Twitter. Uh, you can always, or X, you can always give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at purestpodcast at gmail.com. That's purestpodcast at gmail.com. Thankful to all of you uh, that listen to the podcast. If you haven't had a chance yet, jump on over to YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and smash that like button. 
And last of all, thank you for all the iTunes reviews. They definitely help us. My goal this year is for us to be at at least over a thousand on iTunes reviews. Uh, we are the largest reselling podcast out there. And it's because of all of you that tune in uh, on a weekly basis. Yeah. I already talked about some important, well, maybe important stuff. Yeah, let's do it. So, I'm trying to pull it over eBay's new accept offer strategy, shop airlines, and buying tanks on eBay. All this and more on Reseller News. Orlando, take it away. All right. So this time uh-huh. I had the, the sound effect ready, but I didn't have the notes up. Uh, so one of these days, I'm going to get them both uh, both together at the same time. It's all good. It's all good. Hey, you kind of went out a little bit, but I know it's going to be fixed on Audacity. But uh, Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be good. Um, man, we're already 43 minutes into this. Let's, uh, Are we really? Uh, yeah. Because I don't know. I, I don't know. And, you know, I took some DayQuil before we started, and, and now it's kicking in, and I'm feeling really good. So, you know, this is... Uh, an interesting one and i usually don't like bringing up items that are happening in the reselling community if it's only a few people but a lot of people have encountered this i myself have you had uh offers disappear on you like you accept an offer and then just nothing happens i don't think so okay so you may you may be one of few but it's interesting i i i had this i had people message dm me that i think early last week and they're like, hey, Orlando, have you had offers you accepted disappear? And I'm like, wow, that's that's crazy. No, I haven't 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 had any of that happen. And I had a few people DM me that, and I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe there's a glitch on the app or something. And then it happened to me. You know, I got a nice offer on a set of books. I accepted it. And then usually when you accept an offer, it says sold. Never got the sold notification. And then every time I go back to the offer. You know, I accept it and then it disappears. Like it never fully goes through; it just disappears. And I'm like, "Is this an eBay glitch? Like, what what is going on?" So I I posted on social uh, and I said, "Hey, you're not alone. This is happening to others." Man, the the amount of I don't even know how many comments we got, but you know, we're not a huge. I mean, we have a following on Instagram for the reselling space, but we're not like huge, you know. But sometimes you get those things that you know, people get worked up about. So we had 56 comments. Hey, this has happened to me. This is also going on. Last week, it was kind of weird. I had three offers I accepted and then nothing happened. And then I had people message uh, and also put in the comments that I guess eBay is doing this new thing, which I wish eBay would communicate this, where if you you accept an offer or you send out an offer and somebody accepts it, it keeps your item live until the person, until someone pays for it. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then I started thinking, like, is that I mean, cool? We've been asking for that forever. We have. We have. I mean, it's now- not as, it's not, as, it's not, it's not the all the way to um, immediate payment, but it's pretty close because that's the problem is we've been complaining that our items get held up in basically limbo. Yeah. Uh, can't sell because we've accepted an offer. So if it stays live and the person doesn't end up purchasing it, that's the same thing as like a non-payment, but we don't have to jump through all the hoops of, you know, relisting the item. Man, that could have sold in that two days that that person didn't pay and I maybe I missed the market on that. So it, it's maybe a best of both worlds if that's actually what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I do have my concerns. My concern is that this is, this is going to be the solution that we're never going to see immediate pay on offers. Like 
this is their solution that, you know, they'll allow people to accept offers. It'll still stay live. I mean, I guess it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I still would love it. I mean, because we get to see, we see the ones where, you know, if you accept this offer, you'll be paid right away. Right. So like yeah. you as the seller get the choice and like, well, I'll only accept those offers or you could say, well, I'll accept the other ones. And there's a, maybe a 50, 50 chance that they'll pay. And if they don't, it's no skin off my back because I don't have to, I don't have to relist it, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this was one, you know, one of the things I've mentioned before with eBay and I, and trust me, I love eBay and they got us some, I, I guess they sent us a gift too. I got a, a next podcast. I forgot to bring it out to my car. I think it was like some Stanley version of eBay, like you know, like the cups. Pretty oh cool. man, yeah, I got, I got, I'm gonna have to ship it out to you. Um, what the, my 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 issue is? So, for example, this offer, right? It was a nice offer, and it was a bunch of books. And you know, had they paid right away, I would have packaged and shipped it. So, I didn't do that, and I waited until about four thirty to make sure I made it to the post office. I was hoping that they would pay so I can just pack it up and I could just drop it off. Well, it never happened. Right. And so there, you know, the other issue I, I'm, I, the one issue it will fix is there have been some of us, you know, that have, when we get an offer and people don't pay right away, we'll just relist the item and keep it live anyways. And some of us have gotten in trouble with that because we forget that we had done that and the person pays for it and you ship it out. And you still have this other listing of this item that are resold. Now, I don't know yeah. anybody who's done that personally, except, you know, myself, but it but, 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 yeah. seems I like just, a terrible just, idea. seems like a lot of work for, for nothing. No, no. But what, but I've done, what I've done is what I've done is when that's happened, as, as soon as a person pays, I'll go pull the other listing. Because to me, it's like, yeah. it's just, I, I that's don't a like a lot of extra work. And you're running a huge risk like this. This definitely solves that problem. I hope. Yes. I mean, I feel like that was I like know I'm not the only one a that bunch of that. hoops. It just seems like you're jumping through a bunch of hoops for, I mean, I get it. Like if, especially if you're worried, that's like, for instance, if let's say you, you have a t-shirt of celebrity X, like whoever it is and celebrity X just, I don't know, had a new album release or just passed away or whatever it is. And so the market has increased, you accept an offer. I get how that would be like, man, I might miss this. if This person doesn't pay. So I could see that, but you might end up double selling something. So it's just, it's risky. I mean, it it's definitely like a potential, but yeah, if eBay is doing this, have we confirmed that for sure this is what eBay is doing? Don't know. Don't know. Uh, all I know is that some people have said they received a message from eBay that this is what's happening. I have received zero messages. Um, it's all speculation. You know, it's all speculation. But, uh, you know, so don't know. But again, I don't like to talk about speculation, but there was enough people that had said Either they got a message from eBay or, you know, they know somebody at eBay. That's, <laughs> trust me, bro. I know that that's what it sounds like I'm saying, but it, it's very possible. Uh, I do know a few months ago, somebody had posted on social media that eBay did message them directly and said that this is a beta test that they're doing. So hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. So if you're wondering, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, hey, I've had offers that I accepted and no one ever paid or not, not only did it doesn't even show sold. It just it just disappears. And the reason it disappears is because the item never sold. The person never paid. And so it's treating them as one in the same. So, you know, now you know. Now you know. All right. Hey, um, along with that, uh, I want to share something new. Have you ever had anybody from Shop Airlines buy something from you? I think so. I think we've talked about that before, haven't we? Yeah, it's what been a Shop long Airlines? time. 
Are they are, are they drop shippers, right? Or yeah, they're not. They're they're freight forwarders, is what I call them. I don't know if that's gotcha. the right term, but so I, I want to share this for a lot of the new listeners here uh, that maybe have never encountered this, or maybe you, you you're a veteran reseller, and you know sometimes you'll get somebody from Shop Airlines asking for a request, and you've kind of denied it. I want to let you guys know, and we're not paid by Shop Airlines. Maybe we should. Maybe we should have them like sponsor us. I haven't thought about that, but. So Shop Airlines, they they work with uh I think it's I don't think it's just Japan. They may be other Asian countries. But so what happened, for example, for me, I ended up selling it was like a Pixar lamp. It was pretty cool. Uh and they had messaged me and they say, Hey, uh, it seems that eBay won't ship out uh to Japan, uh, which is strange because I've sold stuff to Japan before, but they said, Hey, it doesn't it seems like eBay won't ship this item to Japan. And maybe it's because it was a lamp instead of a t-shirt that I sold. And they said, but what I'll do is, hey, if you're willing to agree to 150, what I can do is I'll buy it and I'll have you ship it to a freight forwarder in Los Angeles and then they'll ship it out to Japan for me. And I was like, all right, cool. So uh, what it is, is it's you'll, you'll sell something and then you'll get this message right away. And this message uh, will say, hey, thanks so much for blah, blah, blah. making the purchase. Please make sure to pack it well, blah, blah, blah. Please also write the item number on the label so we can locate uh, what the what the item is. And so you might get that right if you're new, and you might go, "Oh, this is this sounds kind of kind of scammy." You know, I don't I don't know if I want to do this. It is a legit company, and my experience with Shop Airlines has been that usually you make good money on the sales, you get no returns. There's usually no issues. Super professional. It's always been good. Right here, I'll read the message real quick. It says, We wanted to contact you regarding our purchase and hope this message finds you well. Please be advised that payment will be completed shortly. Going forward, if you sent the item using a track service, could you please send us a tracking number? If the sent package does not have tracking, then there's no need to upgrade. If possible, please write the item number on the so we can identify it. Thank you, Shop Airlines. And actually, right now, what they do is when you go to print the label, the item number is already on the label. So you don't even have to write it anymore. So it's really streamlined. So just want to share that with everyone there uh, because there are companies like that. Uh, I think there's two or three of them. Shop Airlines is the main one, but always, always good buyers. Never had an issue with them. And so don't stress out if you come across that. Very now, <laughs> have you ever thought about sourcing tanks on eBay? Um, look, I'm not in the market for one of those, just to be very clear. Uh, to anybody who monitors our podcast, I have no need for that type of a vehicle. I, I think Second Amendment covers our our ability to get. I, 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 I'm whether or not I agree with that. Look, uh, for for those who monitor the podcast, I'm just saying okay. it's right. not. I, I, and if I was in the mood to buy a tank off of eBay, I'm just going to say I lost okay. it in a boating accident. Oh my goodness! All right, so this actually happened in Britain. So. You know, there's no, no need to worry here. So I didn't know. It's funny because you know how eBay is super restrictive about what you can buy, right? If it's something that's like maybe affects, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. But eBay sometimes ends up pulling listings and you're like, what? That's not even that serious. Well, I didn't know you could buy tanks. Now, obviously, you have to, they have to be decommissioned. You know, they can't have artillery and all that. So this guy in England, okay, bought a tank. Yeah, and he's he's a tank collector. So let me read it real quick. This is from the Daily Mail. 
the title is I found two million pounds in gold bars hidden inside Iraqi tank that I bought on eBay. But I wish I had never handed them in because I didn't earn a penny. So let me read it real quick. A military buff who bought a tank on eBay and discovered two million pounds of gold bars hidden inside says he regrets handing in the hidden treasure. Uh, Nick Mead discovered the five gold bars stashed inside the diesel tank of an ex-Iraqi army tank, Type 69. Uh, it's believed the bullion... Oh, it's it's bullion, too. It wasn't like... Oh, that's that's really good gold. Uh, it was looted by plundering the Iraqi soldiers during the 1990 invasion of Kuwait, but forgotten about inside the 36-ton armored beast. Somebody's discovery, Mr. Mead handed the gold to the authorities. Now, six years later, he was admitted he wished he had kept the hidden booty. The 60-year-old runs tanks a lot. On his farm in North Hampshire, uh, Northamptonshire, uh, he just and I, I just look at the story. There's like pictures of him in the gold bars, and you know I always say you never know on eBay. You can find a vase. Th- that's another story. We, we're not going to talk about it, but somebody found a vase at a, a store that should not be named for seven bucks, and it sold for a hundred thousand. And uh, and then. <laughs> And then, you know, somebody get paintings and then you get a guy that buys a tank and, you know, they end up uh, finding gold bars. So there, oh, there you have bonkers, it. man. Wild. I, it always tells me. Wow. The, the, <laughs> well, you know, the sad part about it is there's probably truth to it that it was it was gold that was looted. There was a um, there was a 60 minutes the other day I was watching about like all these like artifacts that that were stolen like in Asia and somehow made it to like the Met and made it to like very wealthy people's houses. And, you know, we've talked about that museum in England that was selling. Why is it always in England? I don't understand. Okay. That was selling all these Roman things on auction and they were selling for like one one hundredth of the price because no, they, no one knew what they had. So just to show you, maybe, maybe you don't even need a source, you know, thrift stores, the bins, garage sales. If you just source on eBay, you know, you might strike it lucky. Now, you're not going to find a tank with gold bars in it. Um, imagine that. That's yeah. a whole nother it's like world. It's like playing the lotto, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you could buy a million scratchers and maybe somebody makes money off of it. So, I don't know. I would, I would, I'm never going to count on on the uh, me finding the, you know, a, a random piece of art that's worth millions as, like, that's my goal. Uh, but that would be the icing on the cake. For sure. You know, you're never going to find that deal. You're never going to make the news. Like chances are there's a one in a million chance that I make the news with one of those things anyways. But if I'm not outsourcing, it's a zero in a million. So you might as well be outsourcing. You're going to make money anyways. And who knows? Maybe you find maybe you find the uh, the the lost Van Gogh or something. Yeah, he said he said something to the effect of like, I should have just shaved off some of the gold, you know, just shaved off a piece. But I I'm always a fan with stuff like that. Like you don't want to play games, you know, it's it kind of like, no. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know I told this story that um, is probably been years ago now, but we were at a, we were at like a, a, a postal place back in our hometown there in California that handled our business mail and, and even our personal mail. Cause we were out in the boondocks, didn't have a, didn't have like an actual like mailing address. So anyways, my wife, um, she collects some mail and some packages goes to the car and starts to open it and opens up this package and realizes it wasn't for us after she opened it. And it was like an envelope it was put in our, our mailbox, an envelope that had was like stuff full of like, uh, what are they called? Ads like newspaper ads, like surrounding money. 
it was hundred dollar bills, like just stacks and stacks, a hundred dollar bills wrapped in, in, um, like newspaper advertisement paper inside of an envelope. And so like a package. And so my wife like saw that it wasn't our number. It was another person's number. So she goes running in. She's like, Oh, this wasn't mine. And it's like, yeah, like we, could we have kept it? You know, sure people could do that but other than the fact that it's just not like right because it's somebody's not our package you know other than that uh to me that seems like if if you don't want to get on someone's bad side it's the person sending you know thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars and trying to hide it in envelopes like that seems like some drug money or something like i don't want to be on the bad side i don't want them to say like who did you give that envelope to you know what i mean like i don't need them coming to my house same thing with a if, if I if I bought something like that and all of a sudden there's some gold or some like rare jewelry, yeah, I don't know if it's worth my life if they go looking for it. Yeah, I just listen. I I grew up in 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 a world where if you found a bag of money, you just leave that money there. You don't you don't mess with it. You don't do anything with it because somebody's gonna come looking for it. If you find a list of names under a table, you leave that list there. You don't you don't do you know, and it may be just geocaching. But you know what? You don't mess with it. You just leave, <laughs> you just leave it there. You just leave it, it there. It ain't my geocache. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Hey, um, all right. Hey, I, I wanted to, I don't, so I got two more things and we're, we're done. Um, I just was encouraged. Uh, so K-Way Shop, uh, Wayne, a great listener of the podcast, actually started off as a male. He was a male man that, male, why did I get an accent when I said that? He was a male man. Male man. A male man. He was a male man. And. Uh, he was selling on eBay part-time. He's one of the early listeners to the podcast. And he just kept building and building. And then he went full-time, uh, paid off all his college debt, I think paid off his car. And now he's blowing up on social media. He, he's doing really well. And I just want to support him because I think he has a very ambitious goal. Uh, he wants to pay off his house in 130 days. Ooh. So his goal is to pay off 130K in 130 days. Wow. And uh, what is he? What is he selling? I mean, maybe it's not like uh, public knowledge. So no, 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 no. But is, no, no. is it, it like? Is, is it like? What, what's his niche? Like, what is he in? So he's doing a lot of whatnot now. He's doing, I think, okay. like five days a week, maybe, maybe seven. Don't I? I, I can't remember. Just I, I, my mind is all over the place. I've been sick, but um, he's doing whatnot at least five times a week, and on top of that, he's doing whatnot consignment, which I think is pretty smart. Uh, and so if you have items that you're like, kind of, you don't want to do the whatnot, but you don't want to put on eBay, you can, you know, Wayne did not pay me for any, Wayne doesn't even know I'm doing this. I just was very impressed, uh, by his, his story here. And I, listen, if he can do that, good for him. Like uh, all, all the best, man. So, you know, check out Kway shop. I hope he makes the one thirty to one K. Uh, and he, here's the thing. This is what I love about reselling is there's so many possibilities. Now it does take a lot of sacrifice it does take a lot of hustle mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm pretty sure this is gonna put a strain on on his time right time with his wife and his kids and his wife is full-time with him so that does help but it, it is it is gonna be tough and so you know he's gonna they're gonna have to figure out how to manage the time how to make these auctions happen but uh and you know just encouraged uh by that I always like you know putting a little bit of sunshine in, in our stories here so yeah, man, right. maybe I should try something like that. I'd be I'd be happy to pay off my house in a year or two. Man, 130 yeah. days. But see, you know, the other thing is if you're I've 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 kind of learned this. Um, not like I made it up. I've just like seen other people say it, and I think there's enough truth to it. If you don't set like ridiculously ambitious goals, um, you're you're never gonna get close to achieving those, right? Like if you set a ridiculously ambitious goal 
you may not succeed in that, but you're, if you get halfway there, you're going to be 10 times better off than if you just yep. were kind of floating by kind of not doing. So there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, if there's not like a chance of failure, you know, are you really pushing yourself learning, growing? Um, and, and with that, again, like I mentioned on our last episode, our last Monday mini, you know, if you, if I just say like the start of the episode, where it's like, man, I need to make some more money because I got medical bills. I've got a car issue. I've got that. That's not going to do it. Like that's, that's not enough. Um, but if I say like, man, I need, I need $20,000 in the next six months or, or things are going to be way too tight for my family. Now, all of a sudden I have a, and I'm not saying that's the number. I'm just using that as an example. But if I do that now I have a number. So it's like, okay, six months, 20 grand. How much is that a month? Okay. How many things do I need to sell? Okay. If I'm at the end of halfway through a month and I'm not at least halfway to that part, I know I need to ramp up the next two weeks. So it, by having a, a specific goal set and you got something, then you know if you're on track. But otherwise, if I'm just like, I want to make more money, how do I know if I'm on, if I'm on track? Two weeks in, I'm like, did I have I achieved it? Have I made? I mean, I'm I've got a little bit more money in the bank account. Is it enough money in the bank account? I don't know. Like, you have to have that number ahead of time. And I think, yeah, an ambitious goal like 130 grand in 130 days, is it doable? I mean, it's possible. Thousand dollars a day. That's um, that's crazy. That's ambitious. But if at least he knows what he needs, and yeah, then know. you know what you have to do to get it. I think it's doable. I mean, it take it's gonna take it's gonna take some hustle. But I think I think it it is it is doable. I mean, because if you get three days in and you realize you're only averaging $600 a day, then you realize, okay, well, for the rest of this week, now I need to up it. I need to go even harder because I'm not making, I'm not clearing enough. But yeah, if you don't have that number set, you might be like, wow, $600 a day. That's great. And then you slack off, you stagnate, and then you never get better. Yeah. So I, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Now, this next story, this was local for us. And I just, again, I keep saying this, uh, you know, shoplifting is becoming a big deal when it comes to reselling. I get people all the time say it's not that big of a deal, but I'm telling you, it is affecting the market. This was local to us. Uh, so uh, in uh, this past December, uh, a, a lady in Bonsall, you know, or is it Bonsall or is it Bonsai? I don't know. I think it's Bonsall. All right. So it looks like Orlando got kicked and he should be joining back. Uh, sorry if you listened to a little bit of time there of uh, no, no audio at all. Um, I know that doesn't make for a good podcast, but uh that that's what happens sometimes you got technical difficulties you're far away uh so orlando should be joining back any minute um i don't know what kicked him hey you know but i'm gonna say this has been we've been going on several months now of recording remote like this and this is the first time we've had an issue uh, where one of us got kicked and it's probably a good thing it was him and not me since i'm the one uh, officially doing the recording here so not a big deal with that all right, so I'm not sure what Orlando is going to say for that last one, uh, but we are going to move into our bolo. So I'm going to go ahead and give my bolo first, and then we will see when Orlando gets back on uh, if he is ready for his bolo. So let me get that sound effect. Bolo, 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 bolo. What's your bolo? Yeah. Okay, so my bolo is, um, and we've talked about Department 56 a million times on this podcast, so I'm not trying to beat a dead horse on that, but uh, I've actually done really well after Christmas, so the week after Christmas, selling Christmas decorations. Some of it have been Department 56, some other ornaments, some other decoration stuff, and it's just a reminder that a lot of times we think uh, that a the, the holidays, you got to sell the stuff prior to the holiday. Uh, but the reality is you can sell stuff after the holiday is over. So once the holiday is ended, 
Um, people are starting to put away their decorations. They're looking at what is maybe broken. Their kids have broken some pieces or they're thinking, what would look good in my village here? Uh, so yeah, my bolo is those holiday decoration things. A lot of times people will start clearancing them out. They'll start getting rid of stuff. Um, or you might think if you've got it in your death pile, oh, I don't need to list this now because, uh, you know, it's already, I, I might as well wait until next Christmas. Well, the the month or so after holidays, a lot of times people are buying those things or buying those decorations. Uh, so if you find it at garage sales and thrift stores at a decent price because the holiday is over, don't be afraid to pick those things up because they still sell uh, really well as people are starting to put away their decorations and plan for the next year. Uh, all right, Orlando, glad to have you back on. Uh, what is your <laughs> bolo? I don't even know what happened. So, anyways, we'll we'll talk in uh, post production what we'll do happen there. What happened? I I don't know what happened. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm back. And maybe to the listeners, I've never disappeared. By oh the no, time you, you're you were gone. You're gone, and you're back. Okay. So we're not even. Did you even get about the story I was going to talk about? Did you just go right into? No, Bolo? no. I, I I just went into Bolo. Yeah, I didn't know oh, if you'd be fine. back or not. So yeah, that's fine. It wasn't it wasn't that important. People were like, "What is it going to be? It's not that big of a deal." All right, hey. So my bolo is uh, since we're entering in the election year and it's going to be a, probably one of the biggest elections. I, people always say that. I know. But it, I think it will be one of the biggest elections we've had in a long time. And I do think that, you know, political attire, whatever, you know, aisle it is, whether it's Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, I think all that stuff is going to start selling. I do think that campaign pins are going to sell. Uh, like right now, they, they don't go for very much, but I do think in the next three to four months, uh, things will go up. Uh, if there's like protest pins, I think those those will go up. If you have anti-Vietnam, you know, anti-whatever it is, like if you have any of those historical relics around, like those will go up. Uh, you know, if you have an old school, like, you know, Obama-Biden shirt from 2008 or 2012, or you have a, you know, uh, Romney-McCain one from, you know, the 2000, whatever it is. Like, I think those things are going to sell just because it's it's a political year. So uh, keep an eye out for those. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying, you know, don't go spend a lot of money because they, they may not. But I do anticipate that's going to be the case uh, just because, you know, uh, last election cycle, I sold a lot of political items uh, during that year. So definitely check those out. All right. Hey, before we move on, I just want to share real quick about American Bowl Boy. American Bowl Boy has always... Uh, been great to us. I needed a lot of bubble wrap uh, during this past uh, Q4 and got to me overnight sometimes, got to me in two days if it was over the weekend. Uh, and so if you haven't had a chance yet, uh, make sure to check out American Bowl Boy and use our link below. You could actually get 5% off the tape, which is already at a greatly discounted rate uh, by <coughs> using our code uh, Pure Hustle. Uh, so make sure to check out American Bubble Boy. All right, Mike, what are you looking forward to here? Uh, man, I'm going to keep with the theme of our discord and, you know, just trying to, to kill the death pile. You know what I mean? Like it's like this monster that's living out in my garage and, uh, yeah, I just want to get through it. I've got, I, it's hard to be disciplined. Um, it's easy to be disciplined in the things you want to do and it's hard to be yeah. disciplined in the things you, and that's what real discipline is, is doing what you don't want to do because you have to do it anyways. And so, um, I've, I've just decided that I'm going to change the way I list because listing is always that thing that's on the back burner. If I get time, I'll do it. And so the, the times I get is way less. And so I'm just going to like force it. I'm going to make it happen. It's going to be one of the very first things I do every single day. That way there's no excuse. I could eat that frog, get it done. 
And I think I'm going to be happier. I think not only happier because things will start moving yeah. and selling faster, but I'm going to have my inventory will be a little bit more organized and clean because I won't have totes full of unlisted things and piles of unlisted things. So yeah, I want to, I want to crush those, uh, those, those death piles, death to the death piles. <laughs> so I listen, I I'm all for that and, and I'm working on that, but I, I need to make space. And so I'm going to have to make a decision here soon. Uh, whether I just get rid of stuff, uh, just is, and it's 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 one of those things where I had mentioned in previous podcasts where you know I ended up getting a great deal and I got a lot of great stuff, but part of the deal was taking everything, and right now it's just I'm just tired of looking at it, and uh, you know we can become very much hoarders thinking that something is valuable uh, when it's not. Uh, and listen, if, if, if it's just sitting there and it's taking up space and you're not doing anything with it, it's invaluable to you. So I'm going to, I'm, my goal is by the time we have this next podcast is that my, uh, my second eBay room is cleared out of space so I can make space for new, uh, inventory here. And then the other thing is I'm just, I need to go sourcing, man. I feel like a uh, part of my, uh, soul has died. I haven't got, man, I should have gone sourcing today. I didn't even go sourcing today. Uh, well, I've been sick, so that's why I haven't gone sourcing recently. But uh, I, I don't feel like I'm sick because of the dayquil I took. Uh, but uh, you know, I want to I, I want to get out there because sourcing keeps me motivated, especially when I have a great find and you're you know you're like I'm a list this right away. You get that sale, so I'm looking forward to gar- garage sale season uh, starting here again. I know other parts of the country it's not going to be till about maybe April, uh, but here you know in January I, I there's some good garage sales out here, so I'm looking forward to those. And uh, yeah, I'm just you know just trucking along here in 2024 expecting great things um working towards great things uh you know even though things have been interesting uh i'm not giving up i'm gonna keep moving forward and so hope everyone is having a great start to the new year hopefully you have a lot of sales coming through in january and with that being said make sure to be real be relevant and be reselling please peace